Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, lead pastor of City Harvest Church, Orange County. To find out more about City Harvest or Pastor Derek, please visit chcus.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform at chcus and Derek Dunn OC. I wake up every morning and I'm like, I want revival. Come on, waking up every morning, pursuing God with a fresh pursuit of God. Uh, I always live my life that way, but just an expectancy for what God wants to do. But what is the thing that really causes God to move in our lives? We can get religious with revival. Some churches are always playing, oh, revival, revival. We're praying about revival, but yet we never see revival. And revival can just be a religious thing that we we're talking about. But what really is revival? Revival is an encounter with God. Revival is heaven and touching earth. Revival is us getting a, a love back for God, coming back to our first love and getting a love for people, having a passion for people. I don't know, but you know, you see the world is getting darker. Uh, the world is getting more scary. Stock markets are crazy. Uh, you know, banks are starting to fail. All of these things are happening. We shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says the last days will be perilous times. Uh, but we're not lost. We're not in fear because God has given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And we know these things are coming, but as we're in Christ, just as uh, the, the animals and Noah was in the ark, come on, they weathered the storm and they came out on the other side. And we're going to come out on the other side also more glorious in Jesus' name. You believe that? Give the Lord a shout. Amen. But we've got to be pursuing God. We've got to be hungering for God. And this morning I want to talk to you about spiritual hunger. The Bible says Jesus taught in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and verse 6. Let's put it up. Let's read it together as a church. Ready? Starting now. One, two, three. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So hungering, those that are hungering to be in right standing with God. Those that are hungering to be in the center of what God is doing right here, right now. The Bible says that they will be filled. Or, or one translation said they will not be unsatisfied. And so God wants us to be hungry, not be satisfied. The, the greatest enemy of progressing in God is being complacent. Being comfortable. Where we're no longer pursuing God. We, we can sing songs. We have great songs. One of my favorite songs is that song, I Will Pursue You. I Will Pursue Your Presence. But we can sing about pursuing God, but we're not pursuing God. We're pursuing other things. We could be pursue, pursuing human beings and other people. We could be pursuing the wealth of the world. We could be pursuing the prominence and, and, and you know, fame and fortune, all those things. But above all else, we should be pursuing God. We should be hungering for God. And David said in Psalm 63 in verse 1, he said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. I encouraged the 9 o'clock service this morning because they really showed up at 8. And, uh, you know, you guys got an extra hour of sleep. But guess what? That hour we lost, we're never getting it back again. Daylight savings time, we voted in, America, in California. No more daylight savings time. So we, spring, we sprung forward. We're not going back. Come on, I love that. I think it's prophetic. We're not turning back. We're not going back. Come on. The, the cross before us, the world behind us, no turning back. We're going to pursue God, and we're not turning back. Amen? Amen? I'll take anything I can and make a sermon out of it. All right, come on. But, but we need to be pursuing God and moving forward. And, 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 and God is a God. We, 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 when we lose the time, we can't get today back. 
Once today, Sunday, and you know, today's Sunday, the, the 12th, March 12th, 2023, it'll never happen again. You can never pursue God today, tomorrow. So every day we should be pursuing God. Every day it should be a fresh encounter with God. Every day should be about us singing and celebrating the goodness of God. In Psalm 63 verse 1, David said this, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. He says what? My soul thirsts for you. My will, my mind, my emotions, they search for you. Even my flesh longs for you. He says, in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water, I've looked for you where? In the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. So let's unpack this. What do he say? My soul, my mind longs to, to have the revelation of your word. You comfort me like nothing else can comfort. Come on. Nothing else the world has to offer can comfort us. No, not, not even a promotion or getting good news or, or anything you see on the, uh, on, on, the, on the news for sure. What brings the peace of mind? It's the, it's the word of God in our life. That we can build our life on the foundation of the word of God. And what does he say? Even my flesh longs for you. My flesh longs for you more than it longs for comfort. More than it longs for ice cream. More than it longs for a tomahawk steak. Come on. Some of you come back from lunch, all right? Come back. And what do we do? We, 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 even my flesh longs for you. You know, your flesh, you encounter the presence of God. And, and, and we love that, that time where we can come and experience God. When we come in, in the presence of God, I love the presence of God. It's that warm, fuzzy feeling. Sometimes it's like electricity. Sometimes it's like fire. We encounter the presence of God. Every part of our being, God fills our being. And David says, I hunger for you, my flesh, my soul. Every part of me hungers in a dry and thirsty land. What? In the world, in the land of this world, in the natural, nothing will satisfy us. Yeah, so what does he say? I've looked for you where? In your sanctuary. Come on, in the house of God. Come on, you're in the right place this morning. The right place to be on a Sunday morning is in church. Don't be casual. With the church. Don't be casual with pursuing God. Some of you are not here. You're watching online. We love you. But come on. If one hour can keep you and derail your Christianity, we need some help. Are you here? Well, I just can't. I was so tired. God knows he gives his beloved sweet sleep. Go to bed early. But David says what? Early will I seek you. What does he say? Day and night. Night and day. I'm going to seek you. Day and night, night and day, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue your presence in whatever way I can. You know, be addicted to Jesus. Some of us were, were, had the munchies. We were addicted to other stuff. Pursuing other stuff. Pursue God. When we're hungry, when we're thirsty, what happens? We want something. I went out and, you know, we had dinner last night. We had date night and had a good time. And I was on the way home and I looked at my wife and said, you know what I want right now? She said, what? I said, an ice cold Coke. Because, you know, when you have salty food, you want a glass. And she laughs. She's like, I was thinking the same thing. Come on, we're one spirit, all right? But come on, when, you, when you're thirsty for something, I don't, what is it that satisfies you? And I went home and I ended up drinking a nice big cup of ice water. Because when I got home, I thought that would be better and healthier. And so, so thank you, Jennifer. So, so, so I, I went for that. But what it satisfies you. You know, David says, the deer pants for the water, my soul longs for you. And the world cannot satisfy. I need peace. I'm so stressed out. Come on, binging on Netflix is just going to give you a headache. 
Even sleep, yesterday I got to sleep in. It was one of the first Saturdays I had off in, in a few weeks, you know, because when we had prayer meetings and things going on, and I was like, I got nothing tomorrow. It's awesome, you know. And so I just kind of chilled, and it's great. But, you know, I slept a bit too long. I woke up with a headache. Because even too much sleep, you don't feel rested. Are you here? Sometimes when you wake up, even though it might be 7 a.m., but you're rested, get up. Because you go beyond it. Sometimes it doesn't satisfy. But only God can satisfy. Come on, all the sleep in the world. Sometimes we're so, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. You've been sleeping nine, ten hours. Why are you tired? You only need seven. Oh, I'm so tired. I need a vacation. You go for your vacation, you come back more tired than you were before you went on vacation. You need a vacation from your vacation. Because all those things won't truly satisfy the presence of God, satisfies our soul, longs for God. And only God can fill the desire that's in our heart. Are you here? God can give us the finest bread of his word, he said. He can pour out new wine in our lives that satisfies us. But we've got to have an appetite for God. If we, if we, if we, if we don't have an appetite for God, we're not hungry and thirst. What does it say? We're not going to be filled. It's not casual Christianity. It's not, well, I just show up in the room. Jesus talked about the Pharisees, and he said they were whitewashed tombs. On the outside, they had it all together. On the outside, they looked very religious, but they were dead on the inside. Their soul had no life. Religion will clean us up on the outside. It will tell us how to dress. And come on, people are in their Sunday best, and they look so great on the outside, but they're dead on the inside. They're dirty on the inside. Their mind is, is not being cleansed. Are you here? How can a young man cleanse his way? By the washing of the word of God. Only God can satisfy. We're living in the last days, amen? Yes. And, and, and the world is getting darker. People are turning towards perversions. They're turning to vices. They're turning to, to things to satisfy, to bring them peace. But only God can satisfy, amen? amen. Where was Jesus even at 12 years of age? Jesus was hungry for spiritual things. The Bible tells us that his parents left him and they started traveling. And after a while, they're like, where's Jesus? Joseph, where's Jesus? I thought he was in the wagon. Mary, where's Jesus? I thought you had him. And they realized Jesus was not with them. So they went back. They're like, Jesus, boy, didn't you know we were leaving? And he was surprised. He said, didn't you know where to find me? I'm in the temple because I'm about my father's business. At 12 years old, come on, he wasn't on Xbox or PS4. I don't know, it's four or five now, but five, PS5. Out there, he wasn't, he wasn't binging on gaming. Yeah. I told the men yesterday, and you know, there's a survey that was done, and they say 68% of men in their 20s are no longer pursuing responsible relationship and manhood and marriage and things like that. They're living at home longer, and they're basically addicted to three things. One is porn. Two is social media, and three is games. Come on, we're going to change it. I don't know about you, but come on, we need to change that. Come on, that's not what we're going to see in our world in our next generation. But what is it? You know, one pastor said this. It's the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet. False prophet, social media. The beast is porn. Come on. And, 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 and so we, we need to be turning to the right things, not the wrong things. And, and I, you see these statistics, it's alarming. But we need to be hungering for God. Only God will satisfy, not escaping into fantasy. Not if you're looking at, we're looking at social media and, and, and living extemporaneously through all these people, their fake lives, where they only put the highlights there. Come on, they only put the good times. They only put the, the stuff that's been photoshopped and airbrushed. 
Come on, you know you have one of those filters on your phone too. Come on. But it's not real. Amen. And we're looking to escape into fantasy and, and conquering things in a world that's not real. When God's called us to occupy and conquer in the real world. Come on, I'm not saying we can't have a hobby. But what's consuming us? What's feeding our soul? Is it the things of God? Is it what's real, real relationship or something that's not real that even can be perverted? Jesus at 12 years age, come on he, wasn't on, he wasn't on his Xbox. He wasn't on his Game Boy. He wasn't on his PS5. He was in the house of God. He was about his father's business. Amen. We look in Luke chapter 10 and it tells us the story of the two sisters, Mary and Martha. And sometimes we can be doing what looks good too. And, and we know the story and Martha seems to outwardly be the better of the two sisters because she's serving. She's doing the hospitality. She's getting the food ready. She's making everything's clean. She's stressing out and shouting at everybody, Jesus is coming. Get everything ready. The house needs to be clean. Come on, boy. Put your stuff away. And she's all stressed with that. And Jesus is there and she's all concerned about the things that are not the most important. But Mary was singled out by Jesus. Why? Because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just hungry and wanting to hear the words that bring life. Sometimes even in the church, we can be busy and we're just doing ministry. We're running the camera or we're serving the children or, 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 or we're at starting point or we're, we're doing our ministry and we substitute work and ministry from worship. And that's why in our church, we have a, a thing we tell everybody, you know, as much as possible, we want to sit one, serve one. Because you can be in the house of God serving and backslide. I've seen it. Where we lose our love for God. We lose our passion for God. We lose the fruit of the Spirit. We become critical and judgmental while we're serving. Because we're no longer sitting at the feet of Jesus. We're no longer offering our worship to Him. Have you ever wondered why Moses selected, or I should say really God selected Joshua to be the successor of Moses and not Caleb? Both of them... They, they, were, they were strong leaders. Both of them, you know, they, they, were, they were spokespeople. They were people of faith. But what was the thing that the Bible tells us about Joshua? It says as, as God would come down in the tent of meeting and meet with Moses, and that as the glory began to lift, Joshua would linger in the presence of God. Not only was he skillful, not only was he a great leader, but he was someone who was hungry for the presence of God, and God began to raise him up. Come on, we need to be hungry. We need to keep hungering and thirsting. When we lose our hunger, we, that's where we get sick. If you ever go to the doctor, they'll ask you many times, or even as a child, if our kids aren't really well, we take them for the checkup, they'll say, how's the, their appetite? Because if you're alive and you're well and you're, you're burning energy, come on, you get hungry. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? Come on, I preached two services today. I'm ready for lunch. You get hungry. But if you're lethargic and you have no appetite and you have no hunger, it's a sign that you're not well. And the doctors will ask you, how is your appetite? How are you hungering? There's some people that have lost their appetite for the word. They've lost their appetite for a godly fellowship. They've lost their appetite for the presence of God. Why? Because they're sick spiritually. No one backslides overnight, and, and we need to check our hunger. We need to check our passion level. We need to check, are we hungering for the word of God? Are we hungering for encounter? Are we thirsty for the presence of God? As David said, it's a deer pants for the water. Come on, my soul longs for you. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm hungry, I'm thirsty 
for a move of God. What happens when you lose your spiritual hunger? Just like in the natural, the same thing happens in the spiritual. What happens when you lose your spiritual hunger? If you're not eating enough calories for energy, you start losing weight. Your body weight begins to decline. What is weight? The word weight in, 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 in the kingdom is the word kabod, and, and it means glory. The weight of his presence, the weight of God's presence. Sometimes when the presence of God hits us, people fall out. We call it falling under the power because it's like presence. I've had time the presence of God hit me, and I went flying two rows through the air. And nobody touched me. There's a weight to it. But what happens when we lose the weight, we, we begin to, our body weight begins to decline. The glory, the presence begins to wane in our lives. Number two, when we don't eat, what happens? Our, our protein and our muscles starts breaking down. If you don't have enough energy, you don't have enough protein, your, your body starts burning your muscle and eating your muscle for calories. And you start losing your strength. What does that speak to us as believers? When, when that happens, spiritually what? We have no passion. We have no energy. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Why are we tired? It's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. I have no strength. I have no capacity anymore. Oh, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like serving. We begin to lose our strength, our protein. Number three, in the natural, you lose your desire and your ability to reproduce. When, when a man doesn't eat healthy, he's not healthy, what happens? He doesn't produce seed. For a woman, when she's not healthy, she doesn't produce an egg. And there's no reproduction. We become infertile because we're not eating. What happens? The same thing happens as a Christian. What happens? We're infertile. We stop soul winning. We stop sharing the gospel and seeing new people come into the kingdom and spiritual children being born. We're no longer in the place where we're reproducing. Our ministry starts dying. Our passion starts dying and the things around us starts, starts drying up. Number four, our body temperature begins to drop. If we don't eat, what happens? Our body temperature begins to drop, and what happens? We become cold. Our senses lose the ability to feel. What does that speak to us spiritually? Come on, you lose your fire for God. You lose your passion for God. You lose that, that hunger and that expectancy for what God's going to do. You're no longer engaged. Come on. What, what, what do you do? You come to church and you sleep rather than saying amen. Elbow your neighbor so you better stay awake. Come on. We, we lose our passion for God. We lose the fire of God. What is revival? The fire of God coming. The passion coming. We're, come on. we're not showing up late and leaving early. We're showing up early and we're ready to engage God because we want the presence. We want the power of God. We want an encounter with God. That's our cry. We're not just here to clock our time card and I went to church because I'm a Christian. But come on, we want to encounter the presence of God and leave different than we came. Come on, give the Lord a shout. How's your fire level? Where's your passion? Do you have the, are you burning with holy fire or strange fire? There's three types of fire. There's holy fire. God's an all-consuming fire. Then what you have, the fire of the world, which is not real fire. It's a counterfeit fire. These people are burning with lust. They're burning with greed. Come on. They're burning with the, the, the monkey on their back because they're addicted to drugs. And they got to get that fixed. Then the third type of fire is mixture. 
The Bible talks about the strange fire. When they mixed strange fire, the fire of God was there, but they mixed the fire of men, and there's mixture in people's emotions and people's lives. And, and, and what happens? They mixture. It's of the soul. It's not of the spirit. It's a counterfeit. But come on, we need the real fire of God in our lives, amen? That's what beginning comes, an all-consuming fire. And the tabernacle, the fire of God burnt, and it didn't go out. It didn't go out. What happens when we don't eat? Number five, your body immune, immune system starts to break down. You can't fight disease. You can't fight infection. What does that speak to us of? What's true in the natural is true in the spiritual. Now what happens? You can't resist temptation anymore. Temptation that you used to, psh, I don't want that. Now you start flirting with the old temptations. You start flirting with the things. You start going back to your past. What does the Bible say? A dog returns to its vomit. Vomit's nasty. What would you do that for? But they want to return to what's dead and old and eat it again. And we begin to go to the dead things. We begin to go to the other things. Temptation, we begin to give in to the temptations and, and the things that, that God brought us out of. We start flirting with it again. And what happened? Infection comes in. Rather than having the, 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 uh, the shield of faith, we put down our shield and the fiery darts of the enemy are piercing our hearts. If we don't eat, what happens? We begin to further decline and our brain starts to fail. People lose their mind. They can't think properly. Some, some, I met some Christians, so-called Christians. They've lost their mind. They're talking crazy stuff. Come on. They're hearing voices, and it ain't the voice of God. Well, God spoke to me. This. I'm like, are you kidding me? That is not in the Bible. Well, I know it was God. Well, your brain, you're losing your mind. Come on. Because our, our, the word of God renews our mind. We need to renew our mind according to the washing of the word of God. If it's not the Bible, it's not healthy, it's not good. Yeah. And so what do we do? We run our business our own way and we violate spiritual principles. We violate principles in relationship. And then we get upset with God when things don't go the way we want it to go. We can lose our mind. The carnal mind starts taking over our decision making. And we're no longer spiritual minded. Our mind is no longer set on the things above and on kingdom living because we're no longer encountering God. Number seven, if we further decline, if we don't eat, what happens? There, our, our organ starts to fail. There's a heart failure where now we lose our love for God or we lose our love for others and we become bitter. Rather than be filled with love, we become resentful. We become critical. Well, it's my connect group. It's the woman you gave me, God. It's my husband. It's my boss. Oh, it's the church. It's the pastor. And we start blaming people. Number eight, we eventually die. If we don't eat, you can die from lack of nutrition. Your organs fail and you die. And what happens? You're a dead man walking. You're like a zombie walking but no life. People come and sometimes they say, you know, pastor, well, we're, we're leaving church. I said, you left three months ago. We just finally got the email. Nobody backslides overnight. And also sometimes it's time, you, you know, we, we move or we relocate. We have people that come, they're here for a season and they go back and they're still in touch and, and we still celebrate the journey. You know what I'm saying? But, but sometimes, what do we do? We leave, but we're not going any other place. 
Or we leave and what do we do? We go to a place where no one knows us, where we have no ministry, where we don't worship, we don't participate, and we just sit there, but our lives are dead. Come on, we have to take responsibility. We need revival every day. We need a fresh and filling. The Bible says be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. If not, we can begin to decline. And we feel okay. We're not hungry, so I'm not hungry. I don't need to eat. No, we need to eat to be healthy. You need the word. You need the presence of God. We need the fellowship of God to be healthy. If we don't have it, it can decline. What happens? The things happen. So what happens? We go back to our old habits. We go back to wrong relationships. We go back to our vomit, which cannot sustain us. We've got to acquire a taste for spiritual things. We've got to be healthy. Amen? The more you eat, the Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good, the more you want to eat. The more you receive the revelation of the Word of God, the more you want the Word of God. The more you have the presence of God, I want the more. I don't want a little cup. I want a big old cup. Yes. Yes. I remember I was in a meeting one time and people were doing the activation and let's drink of the presence of God. Come on, take your cup and begin to drink. And people had their little teacup <laughs> with the little fingers stuck out. People had their little coffee cup. And I took a big old barrel like this. I said, okay, Lord. Come on, and when I began to drink, come on, I, 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 God began to hit me and I began to overflow. Because that's where my faith is. Let's not be like the king who takes three arrows and leaves five. Come on, I'm going to shoot every arrow and say, give me some more arrows. Give me some more bullets. Come on, let's, let's go for God and, and have that pursuit. That's who God is on the inside, that we want more. We're not satisfied. We want more of God. And come on, when you eat something good, when you have good food, Come on, you, you, you're satisfied, but you want more. Even though you're full, but you want more. Come on, come on, turn your neighbor and say, you know what he's talking about. We taste and see that something is good. We want more of it. And the same is true, more so of God. Amen? How can we develop a hunger for God? A few ways. Number one, be in the right spiritual environment. Turn your neighbor and say, you're in the right place today. Come on. When you're hungry, what do you do? You go to a restaurant, right? If you want to eat, you go to a restaurant. That's where you get fed, right? Or you go to your refrigerator. Just make sure there's healthy stuff in there. But you've got to seek the environment in order to get satisfied. If you want to learn a foreign language, what do you have to do? Get around people who speak the language. You're not going to just learn in high school reading a textbook you got to get around an environment around people who speak that language. And what happens? You're going to pick it up. Are you here? If you want to have a, a taste for the things of God, get around the people of God. you got to be in the house of God. Yeah. Or you're not going to be in the wrong environment. You're not going to get the presence of God at, at the bar. You're not going to get the presence of God at the movie theater. And I don't, nothing wrong with the movie theater. I, don't, I like my popcorn too. Come on. But that's not going to satisfy me. That's not going to fill me if I'm doing, it's all those things are not going to fully satisfy. Where was Jesus? He was in the temple. Where was Joshua? He lingered in the tabernacle. Where was Mary? She was at Jesus' feet. Where was David? He said, I looked for the Lord in the sanctuary. And come on, he came into the sanctuary of God. And when he was in the sanctuary of God, that's where he began to get the presence of God. In Psalms 92, verse 13, it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will what? Flourish in the courts of God. Be planted. What does it mean? Have roots. There's no perfect church. 
There's no perfect family. But what happens? You, you, you flourish where you water it. Are you here? We have dry soil here. But guess what? If you water your plants, they'll grow. Conserve water, don't waste it, but you got to water it. Even in an environment that's not, that's not easy, if we water it, it will grow. Amen? How do we develop spiritual hunger? Number two, you've got to show respect for the things of God. Tell your neighbor, you got to be respectful. We live in a culture where we don't respect things. What is respect? It's honor. The kingdom of God is a culture of honor. The Bible says what? Honor your parents because they're perfect. No, they're practicing parenting on you. Are you here? But we still have to honor our parents. Why? Because they're, they're, if it wasn't for them, they, we wouldn't be here. You say, well, I come from a different family. I come from a family. My parents weren't even married. I wish they had never come together. Don't say that because you wouldn't be here. Amen? Yes. There's something good that came out of something that was imperfect. So we need to honor. We need to honor and respect those that are here. Honor our political leaders. You might not like them, but don't just be talking bad. Pray for them. Bible says pray for those that are in authority. Pray for your teachers. Pray for the politicians. Pray for your pastors. I said pray for your pastors. Come on, you should say amen loud there. Amen. Pray for the connect group leaders. Pray for those that, that are in a place of authority. Never dishonor. When you dishonor something, you take God out of the equation because God moves into a culture of honor. He says, honor me and I'll honor you. He says, honor me with the first fruits, with your tithes, and I'll honor you. The kingdom of God is a culture of honor, and we don't honor people. I, you know, been around, and I grew up in a culture of honor. You know, if there's an elderly person that's there, and you have a seat, you give your seat up for them. If there's a pregnant woman, you give your seat up for them. But we live in a way do we just try to ignore them, put our headphones on, and close our eyes. No, be a person... God, the, the kingdom of God is a culture of honor. You do that, people will be surprised. What, 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 where are you from? Yeah. I live here. What? Because that's not normal anymore. But we need to restore honor to the church. We need to restore honor to our lives. Amen. You look at Disney and you watch all the shows. And, you know, I'm not against some of the cartoons and things. But every show you have there, the parents are always very stupid. <laughs> and the kids run the show. Yeah. The kids are always conniving and the moms are a bit, eh. The dad's disengaged. That, that's, not, that's not what we're looking for. Come on, we want parents. We want people that come and engage. Come on, our parents are smarter than we think they are. Yeah. Amen? But we need to honor. Show honor and respect for worship. So, show honor and respect when there's the offering. Show honor and respect for the preaching. Show honor and respect for the altar. Come on, we can show up on time for work because we don't want to get fired, but we can't come to church on time. Some pastors say, well, that's just the California culture. No. We need to have honor. And I said, sometimes you're running late, the kids happen, stuff happens, you realize you didn't have gas in your car. I'm not, it's not a legalistic thing. But is our heart so casual that we no longer honor and we just blow in when we want to and blow in when we're out? Well, it's daylight savings time. Come on. I lost an hour. It's okay. And we miss out on the God encounter. I was in a church when we first came. We were visiting some churches and we were in a mega church and great church and, you know, Beautiful campus and had great worship, had great preaching. But at the end of the service, the pastor said, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's moving around like, like we normally do in an altar call. It was a time where everyone knows it's a time for the unchurched. It's time for the lost to come back to God. And they said, hey, you know, be serious. Don't move around at this time. And they began to share with people and give an opportunity for them to get saved. And as my eyes were closed, I started hearing... 
And I opened my eyes and hordes of people were going out because they wanted to get to the parking lot before everyone else so they could go to lunch. And I was so grieved in my heart. The Bible says as one and saved, the whole of heaven is looking down and rejoicing when one soul comes into the kingdom of God. And we can be so casual for that person. That's responding. And I get, maybe you got to go to work, sit at the back, but don't disturb everyone. And, you know, it was a mass exodus. And we said, we, we don't want to build a church like that. Are you here? We need to honor the presence of God, honor when God's moving. And when we do that, we'll see God's move. How do we hunger for God? Number one, what do we have to do? We have to be in the right environment. Number two, you got to honor. you got to show respect for the things of God. Thirdly, you've got to engage your heart and draw near. We have to engage God. Jeremiah 30, verse 21, it says, Then I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach me. For who is this who pledged his heart to approach me, says the Lord? What does he say? You pl we, they pledge their heart to approach God. What does it say? That we draw near to God. That we draw near to him, and he'll draw near to us. We make a decision that daily I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to pray. Daily I want to read my word. I want to be in a connect group or a Bible study. And go. I'm going to come to church and draw near to God. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. We have to engage. It's not automatic. We pray a prayer and do a cross and what well, we're just saved. No, it's a journey of growing and walking with God. Just like you got to eat daily. Just because you're born and you're a baby, you got to drink milk. You got to get teeth. You got to learn to eat bread. You got to learn to eat softly. And guess what? Then as you become mature, come on, you can have a knife and a fork and eat a T-bone steak. Amen. Because you've come to the place where you're growing, but you've got to engage. To eat, you've got to chew. Are you here? Number four, how do we engage God or how do we grow and, and receive the presence of God? Number four, you've got to participate with the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 49, and it says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but it says, What? Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power on high. Jesus had thousands of followers. At one point, he had 5,000 men. With women and children, it was probably 15,000 or more. Because then they only counted the men as the families. But only 120 were in the upper room. Jesus told them all to tarry. But guess what? Not everybody participated. After a while, people were like, sorry, I got to go to work. You know, sorry, I got family. I got this going on. And they left, but there were 120 who stayed and participated in the upper room. And the Bible says that they came into one accord. And what happened? There was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And out of that place, revival broke through. We want to see revival? What is revival? It's participating. You look at the different places, Asbury, and different places where we're seeing revival. The revival didn't happen in the meeting. The revival happened after the meeting was over. And what happened? People continued to linger and participate. It was the afterglow. It was after the pastor say amen. It was after the worship team. And there was just a few people playing there. And revival happened because people were participating with the Holy Spirit. John 7 verse 37. You learning something? Yes. It says, on this last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In order for them to receive, they had to drink. How many of you have children? How many know when you've had children, if they don't want to eat, you can't make them eat? 
I remember we take our little spoon and eat them. We zoom, 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 you know, and mm-mm. you try to put it in their mouth, they spit it out. You try to put the bottle, you can't make them drink. It's got to be something we participate. It's a point of receiving in order to receive. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit. As we drink in the natural, we've got to receive God. We've got to engage God. We've got to participate with him. What's participating? Sometimes it's clapping your hands. Sometimes it's like, hey, come on, let's dance. And we look there. It's dancing. It's open your mouth. It's singing. It's saying amen. It's taking notes. How are you engaged? You're taking notes and, and getting the message because you want to apply it. Not just be a hearer, but a doer of the word of God. Amen. Psalms 34 verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't force anyone to participate. It's an invitation to participate, but we have to open our heart. Amen? And finally, number five, you've got to regularly encounter God again and again. Amen? That's how we acquire a taste for spiritual hunger and thirst. What do we have to do? We've got to keep eating. How many of you know you don't just eat one week and say, oh, that was a great meal. Well, let's figure out when we're going to eat again. No. Guess what? You're still hungry again. Have you ever eaten something you say, oh, my gosh, I can't eat anything else. I've eaten so much. There's no way I'm going to be able to eat. And then dinner comes around. And you're like, what's for dinner, babe? I thought you were full. You're not going to eat again. No. When you eat, guess what? You keep getting hungry because you're healthy. You burned it off. You drink. Guess what? You need to keep drinking. And most of us, we don't drink enough. Coffee and soda doesn't count. You got to drink more water. Amen? Because your body's two-thirds water. We've got to be hydrated. The more you feed and drink in the Holy Spirit, the stronger you grow in your spiritual capacity and anointing. The more word you get in you, the stronger you become. Come on, you put on protein. You put on spiritual muscle by reason of youth, exercising your faith. Your your faith grows. By exercise, you're, you're, you're growing in your capacity. You're growing in your anointing. God's not a respecter of persons. The more you read the word, the more you love the word. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. The more you come to church, the more you want to come to church. Hey, what? There's no connect group this week? You're looking forward to coming together. You're looking forward. Is there a prayer meeting this week? Oh, I'll just have my own prayer meeting. You want to be in the midst of what God's doing. You're moving in the gifts. The more you move in the gifts, the more you move in the gifts. The more you fall into the power, the easier it is to receive. Nobody has to touch you. You could be in the back row and you're receiving from God because he's in the room. Are you here? We acquire a taste for spiritual things. And when we acquire a taste for spiritual things, the more we engage, the more we participate, the more we encounter, the easier it is. The easier it is to encounter God. As a young man, I was always hungry for God. I would be in the meetings, I would drive across town to encounter God. And I was working two jobs, and I was in Bible school, and I would come home, and I was exhausted, and I would walk the floor. And you see me sometimes, I'm walking. You know, why is he walking? It's a habit. Because I learned I'm not going to sleep when I walk. People, some people sleepwalk, but it's hard to sleep when you're walking, when you're moving. But if I laid, laid my head down on the bed, I would immediately go to sleep. And I wouldn't be able to pray because I was so tired. So I would get up and I would walk the floor. God, I want to know you. God, I want to experience you. God, God, open my eyes to see you. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know you're leading. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. God, I want to be mature. I want you to lead me. And I would pray and pray and pray. And sometimes without a feeling. 
But there was one day I walked in my room and I said, God, and God said, yes. And I was shaken under the power of God. And my prayer life came to another level. And I asked the son, I said, God, I've been praying. How come you took so long? And God said, many people say things, but they don't mean it. I've been watching to see, do you really mean it? And my life was transformed, and I've never stopped, you know, encountering God. I was up at 6.30 this morning, praying in the Spirit, and, and, and building myself up, and encountering God. I, I can preach, I've learned to preach, not about me, just my gift, but I want, to, I want to be encountering God. If I haven't encountered God, how can you encounter God? Yeah. Are you here? And sometimes your flesh doesn't want to get up. Come on, I got up this morning, it wasn't 6.30, it was 5.30. My brain's like, it's 5.30. Maybe you should sleep another hour. I said, no, 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 we're going to get up. We're going to engage God. And it's a discipline of doing it. It's not a religiosity or I have to do it or I'm going to lose my anointing. No. It's because I want to pursue God. David said, early will I pursue you. Will I pursue you. I'm still pursuing God through people, through relationships, through my own walk with God. And, 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 and realizing the more that I know, the more I don't know. The more I've encountered God, the more I want of God. We were up and had a phenomenal meeting last week and blow out. And, you know, some of the, one of the pastors that's there, he said, wow, that was the best I've ever seen you. I thought to myself, what? Because I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I mean, to me, it was like, well, really? But I'm still growing. Growing in authority. Growing in presence. Growing in stature. I keep pursuing God. Faith to faith. Glory to glory. There's no stopping. Even when we get to heaven, what are we going to do? Not sit around on clouds and just eat strawberries going to pursue God and pursue his presence and pursue to know him more. Amen. We've got a hunger and thirst for an encounter. What is our pursuit? What is it about? About knowing God. How do you know God? You pursue him. Not just with information, but with knowing his personality, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, knowing the person of Jesus, knowing the person of the Father. Sometimes we, we haven't really encountered God. How can you tell you, Father, Lord God, Lord Jesus, Lord Holy Spirit? Like, who are you talking to? It's like saying, someone when I get old, my mom used to say, Derek, A, Angie, Jason, Joshua. Which one, mom? Are you here? But when you have a relationship, what happened? I, I'm not trying to, make, but, but like, who are we? Are we engaging the Father right now? Are we engaging Jesus or is it the Holy Spirit? We worship the Holy Spirit. We worship Jesus. We worship the Father. There's three persons but one God, but distinct personalities. And sometimes we, we don't understand that because we just say, God, but is it God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit? How do we do it? By developing an intimate relationship with Him and engaging the Father's strength, His love, His security. Sometimes we need to jump into arms of our Father and say, Abba, Father God, Daddy God, and, and get that comfort of the Father, that security, that direction. Sometimes it's Jesus, it's the authority. He's the administrator of, of the Father. Everything that the Father has, He's given to the Son. He's given Him the name, and we're coming in the name of Jesus. We're coming in the name of our God. And sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. He's the wild one. All of a sudden, he interrupts. All of a sudden, he, he blows in and we just blow with him. He blows this way. We blow with him. Sometimes he comes like fire. Sometimes he comes like oil. Sometimes he comes like a dove. I love it all. 
and, and we, we engage him and he, he, he brings things into manifestation. He takes all the things of God. He's, the, he's a representative of God in the earth. He takes the things Jesus said that are his and he brings them to us. He takes what's the Father and he brings it to us. We need to engage the Holy Spirit. He's the representative of God, the Godhead in the earth. Amen. We need an encounter with God. Come on, we need to carry that presence of God. We need to go forth as we go back to our work, as we go back to our school, that God is with us. There's something that we're carrying and we're led by the Spirit of God. When He wants us to speak, we speak. When He wants us to lay stretch forth our hand, we stretch forth our hands. When He wants us to go, we, we go. When He wants us to stay, we stay. When He wants us to be quiet, we be quiet. When He wants us to speak, we speak. And like Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my Father do it. We come into that relationship with Him. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Someone say there's more. Come on, say there's more. But we've got to keep hungry. Come on, don't be satisfied where you're at. We're in a spirit-filled church. We have a great community. We've got so many things we can be thankful for. But don't be satisfied. There's more. Just as we need to keep eating, we need to keep encountering God. Just as we need to keep drinking, we need to keep thirsting for God and receiving of Him. Come on, there's more. Lift up your hands.